This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Thursday being good to you. I hope that it has. I hope this week has been good to you. I hope that God's grace is shining, shining, shining upon you, your loved ones, and your entire family today. Welcome to Voice of Change. It's Lauren Jacobs, and it's Kay Pulpit. If you've been with us the whole day, you know that we have a wonderful lineup for you this evening, and I cannot wait to just get in to today's topic of conversation, because on the show, I'm going to be celebrating the International Day of of rural women that's right it's not really a day that we hear that much about however it is on the calendar and it is important for us to celebrate rural women and maybe you are listening tonight and you are out there you're a rural woman and you are going yes it's a day to celebrate me my contribution to my community to my society to my family to my you know church even to my nation as a whole and this is what we really want to celebrate on the show today I'm joined by the incredible Brandy Lee and Brandy is the founder and executive director of Heal and Thrive Global. She is very very passionate and you will hear this throughout our conversation later on that you know healing, empowering, loving deeply it should be everywhere and it's everywhere where she goes she wants to bring that healing and that passion to see beauty and to see life change for others. She lives in Colorado in the States. She's a wife to Nick and a mom to three teenagers. And with Heal and Thrive Global, she gets to be a mom to over 52 kids and to empower, and get this, empower over 2,000 women mamas in Uganda as we say but you know when Brandy joins us on the show today she'll say Uganda but here in South Africa we always say Uganda that's what we're going to be talking about and she's really passionate about loving empowering she leads retreats she does coaching and she is just incredible because I have followed Brandy's journey for so so many years being involved in watching Heal and Thrive Global at one stage being involved in helping the mamas financially as well when I could and I really want wanted her to come on today to really tell us not only about Heal and Thrive Global, but also to share with us the stories of the women, the moms that she has had such a blessed privilege of walking alongside with a journey that's been over a decade long. So it's going to be a really incredible show today. I simply cannot wait for you to, you know, be with us in this conversation because I know that we're going to have so much passion over the next hours. So stay tuned. It's the day of International Rural Women, and we are celebrating them so, so, so mightily on the show today. I cannot wait. Brandy, it is so good to have you with me today. I know that we're going to have such a powerful conversation, but also such a beautiful one, because we are going to be really celebrating the International Day of Rural Women, which people don't talk about that much, and they don't get into it that much, but... Of course, you have a huge heart for Africa and you have been working with rural women and mamas for such a long time. Before we get into that, welcome to the show today. It is really, really a pleasure and just such a treat to have you with me. I'm so glad to be here. And I know that you have, like I said, such a passion for Africa. You have been doing this work for such a long time. Before we get in, 
to the stories of the mamas that you work with and the kids and the kiddos. I want you to just share with the listeners, maybe they don't know about Heal and Thrive Global, you know, where you work, how it began. I know, I think if I remember correctly, this all began over a cow, a single cow (laughs) one day very long ago. Tell us a bit about how it all started and, you know, what was the journey for you? Where did this begin? Yeah, that is kind of a crazy story. When people ask me, how did it begin? And they want the short version. I usually just say, well, accidentally. Mm-hmm. That's how it began. <laughs> <It's> that <laughs> I never really intended. In fact, I very specifically intended not to start a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. In fact, I had very, uh, I was very, clear that I did not want to start a nonprofit and, but I did want to help a friend, Mm -hmm. right? I had an amazing friend in Uganda. I came to, went to Uganda for the first time from my home in Colorado, uh, in 2008. And I met amazing people in the Sarodi region of Uganda. Mm -hmm. And really fell in love with Uganda, with her people, with rural women, Hmm. specifically with their tenacity, with their resilience, with their strength. And honestly, at the time, life, I thought, was going okay for me. Hmm back in the States. And then my life began to unravel, honestly, Hmm. over the next couple of years. And by 2010, I found myself as a single mom. I had gotten divorced. I had three small children. They were four, five, and six. Hmm. Wow. And I had lost pretty much everything in my life. (laughs) Most of my friends. I was healing from PTSD and diving pretty deep into healing and therapy and everything that comes with all of that. And so when my Ugandan friends came alongside me and said, we should do something together for women, I said, no. Mm. Right. I was like, Mm. "Ah, no, like my life is in shambles. Are Mm. you kidding me? Um, But I love your heart for women, Anne, (laughs) so I would love to help you do something for rural women. And what she wanted to do is she wanted to buy a cow. Hmm. She (laughs) said, I want to help women have an asset. And I knew from reading the book, Half the Sky. Have you ever read the book, Half the Sky, Lauren? Oh, my gosh. I really love that book, even though it... I mean, you can't really love it because it's so, yeah, like, right? You feel... Because it rips your heart out. Exactly. But it is so powerful. It is very powerful. It's a hard read. You have to, like, put it down. You have to read it in parts, right? Hmm. Uh, It really goes through. It's by uh, Nicholas Kristof, who's a Pulitzer Prize winning author, New York Times columnist, 
and really goes through so many of the things that women worldwide struggle Mm. with. Mm. But what he really lays out in that book is how we can help women, right? How we can help at kind of a treetop level. And honestly, I kind of ignored those things because I was like, okay, not (laughs) at a treetop level, right? I mean, especially at this point in my life, you know, I'm laying on the ground, barely surviving, Mm. certainly not thinking at treetop levels. And then how we can help at grassroots levels. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things he lays out is how we can help rural women from a grassroots level to alleviate poverty. And one of the things he talks about is women's cooperatives. Mm-hmm. And he says, if we can gather women together and empower them, we can help change the world. Yeah. Because if you put a dollar in a woman's hands, 70 cents of that is going to go back into her family and into, into her community. Mm. And he talks about if you give a woman an asset, that changes the world, right? Yeah. And so the other thing he's talking about in that book so much is how a girl in sub-Saharan Africa has less than a 20% chance of attending secondary school and how yeah. so many of there's so much potential going on, especially in sub-Saharan Africa, hmm. that is not getting the chance that it needs to, not getting opportunities, and yet it's right there, right? Hmm. And so my friend Ann calls and says, I want to do this. I, what I really want to do is these women's cooperatives. Hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so I'm really struggling, but I think you have a really good idea here. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't want to start a nonprofit, but I do think you have a really good idea. So I'd love to buy a cow for you yeah, because you should start a nonprofit. I'm not going to do anything, but you should start a nonprofit Mm. and I will buy a cow and that's all I can do. I can buy a couple of cows. And so I sent her all the money I had in my bank account, Wow, which wasn't a whole lot, right? I'm a Mm -hmm. newly single mom and really struggling financially at the time. And so I sent her all the money I had. It was enough to buy a few cows. And she could put 30 moms together. We were really focusing on single moms Mm -hmm. in villages around the Sarodi area. And then I had another friend who wanted to buy a couple cows. And so she was able to buy seven cows Hmm. for 30 moms. And they were going to rotate the cows as well. And they were going to put 30 moms together. And these moms were also going to meet weekly to encourage and empower each other and to share their resources. So they were going to do a community savings group as well, where they were gonna pool their resources so that they could also then offer loans to one another. Hmm. So I thought, this is a great idea, you guys do this. I'm not gonna do anything else, but you guys should do this. (laughs) And then, of course, the next week she calls and she has posted on Facebook, Angora Talk mamas have gotten their cows. It's cow delivery. Wow, day. cool. And it's amazing. The pictures are phenomenal. And she says, okay, well, now, Brian, I need uh, three more cows. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's okay. just great. But I don't have any more money. Like, I literally gave you all my money. Hmm. Like, literally, there is no more money. Yeah. She said, I know. You're supposed to raise it like you used to. Wow. Like, Anne, I don't have friends anymore. 
I, I can't raise money like I used to. Mm. She said, you should post it on Facebook like you used to. The women of Angora Talk need you. <gasps> oh, right? Like, yeah. like nice in the heart, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, how do I say no to the women of Angora Talk, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. And honestly, I, of course, I said yes to her, right? Because you can't say no to a Congo and Grace Alotu. She is a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. And yet I posted on Facebook that night, pretty sure that I would wake up the next morning with more proof of all of the lies I had believed. Wow. Mm-hmm. All of the lies that had been spoken over me. And yet the next morning I woke up with five people who wanted to buy cows. Mm, wow. Which is just only God. Okay. Only mm. God. Miracles on miracles. Mm. And so I called Ann and I said, okay, so you wanted three more cows and I have five people who want to buy cows. Any chance you want to do a second women's cooperative? <laughs> Well, said, yeah, let's just keep going until God says stop. Mm. So that was in 2011. And now we have 2000 moms in our program. Wow. And how many cows do you have in your program? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we've now since uh, lost count of the cows. Oh, wow. uh, but the Women's Cooperative does remain the focus. Okay. That uh, we started with buying assets and putting women in women's groups. Mm-hmm. And we have continued that uh, 10, 11 years later now. Uh, we put women in groups of 30. Mm-hmm. And okay. now we've expanded. So now we put women in groups of 30. But then we also then have recognized the value of safe friendships and safe communities Mm -hmm. and how much that heals our hearts, right? Especially if we've experienced abandonment and abuse and Mm -hmm. isolation, Mm. right? Um, And so now not only do those women form friendships in that group of 30, but then we connect them to a larger circle. And so Mm -hmm. we do literacy centers, so a couple of years into it, we realized our mamas aren't able to read and write because yeah. so many of our moms weren't able to go to school, mm-hmm. as we all know. Um, so many of our moms weren't able to go to school at all, and a good majority of our moms weren't able to go to school past uh, about P3. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't able to read, they weren't able to write, and they were getting cheated at the market because they didn't know math. And so we realized that reading, writing, and math were going to be crucial if we wanted our moms to succeed. Hmm. So we started uh, what we call Literacy Plus or Functional Adult Literacy. So we started literacy centers. And so we put these groups of 30 together with other groups of 30. So Mm -hmm. now we have more relationships. And so um, depending on distance, our literacy centers serve either just 30 moms, if those moms live far away from everybody else, mm-hmm. or up to 180 moms wow. will meet together two or three times a week. And they're learning reading, writing, basic math, 
sanitation, hygiene, nutrition, agriculture, and business Mm -hmm. all together so that they are now able to read and able to write and able Mm -hmm. to do math so they're not getting cheated at the market any longer, that they're creating business plans, they're um, having diversified streams of income from a kitchen garden to um, crops that they're selling at the market, that they're doing group projects, Mm-hmm. that they are going together into business, that they are creating other businesses, that they're creating business plans, that they're saving. That's amazing. All of that. And they're thriving and healing in relationship. And yeah, our moms are our heroes. So I was, yeah, I was going to say th- these women are our heroes. Like, and, and I know that with a lot of the work that they're doing and how they're doing it, they're building a better life for their children, right? They're, that is such yeah. a huge thing that's happening. They are, they have kids and they are able to help their children, provide for their children. And I'm sure as well, focusing on education for their children as well. And, and that's exactly what you were talking about is, and, and I've heard this so many times and we've seen it that when you're empower women, women care about their families, they care about their community. It's not like they will just take everything and hold it in and hold it like towards themselves when they have finances. We even talk about this, even with financial development in developed countries, you know, women who invest money or they save money, it's usually to take care of their families and it's usually to help others. You know, that is why people invest differently. But when we're talking about developing nations this is when we see it on the ground these mamas these women are cared about their community they cared about others and they're building a better life for their children and i'm sure that you have witnessed that firsthand right oh and for other children right like it's not just even their children it is the rest Mm. of the community so yeah we have seen that for sure our moms They are the ones we pretty quickly, uh, the next year after we started in 2012, we started a uh, school fees program Mm -hmm. because we realized that our moms were having a hard time starting their businesses because they were not eating so their kids could go to school. Mm. And so it's hard to start a business when you're hungry, right? But our moms, of course, love their kids so much that they would sacrifice everything so their kids could go to school. Mm. And we're like, how do we come alongside our moms best is we make sure their kids can go to school, secondary Mm. school. Mm. And so we started a school fees program and we are coming alongside our moms in helping their kids go to school. And I, in fact, yesterday I was WhatsApping with one of our graduates, mm-hmm. Joram, and his mama is named Stella. Mm-hmm. And she's from a village, Okaloibi. And Stella is one of my dearest friends. And she is just this amazing mom who has created a business and she has changed her home and she has changed her entire village. And she has sent now um, all three of her boys through school. And one of the things that Joram told me is how much his mom has sacrificed for him to go to school. And the Mm -hmm. thing he said is, but my mom, the amazing thing about my mom is that she doesn't believe just her kids are her kids. Mm -hmm. But it's that the entire community is her kids. And so once her kids were grown, it was who else needs to go to school? 
Hmm. Wow. And so many of our moms are also adoptive moms. Mm -hmm. They're looking around and then they are taking in other kids. So if, if there are kids in need in the community, they are the first to take in those kids or approach us and say, Hey, we ran across these kids, this child headed household, this child led household. Mm. And uh, we eventually started a program for child led households because our moms were coming to us and saying, we found these kids. There Mm. are no parents in the house and we've been taking care of them. And now the need is too great. And so we need you guys to come in because here's what the need is because Mm. our moms will, will take care of the need. Yeah. Because they, they see a need, they meet a need. Mm. And it's almost like you just, you can't do enough, right? Like their businesses will grow. And then as soon as their business grows, they just take care of another need, right? Mm. (laughs) Like they will grow their business. And then as soon as that happens, they're like, okay, who else can I take care of? Mm. Mom. And I'm going to grow this business and then I'm just going to take care of. And I, they're such good stewards and they are mm-hmm. so faithful mm-hmm. that as soon as they are blessed, they just give that blessing away. Mm-hmm. And it is so beautiful to me to watch how well they steward that. Mm-hmm. And I, one of the things we believe at Heal and Thrive Global is that we believe in mutually transformative relationships. Mm -hmm. And so when we bring teams, what we tell them when they're coming to Uganda for the first time is like, you are not coming to Uganda to change Uganda. Just so you know. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You are coming to be changed Mm. by what you will see here and who you will meet. Yeah. Mm. Because our moms have changed my life Mm. more than I will ever be involved in changing their lives. Mm. Mm. And that's so true. It blows me away every single time Mm. I am in Uganda. Mm. In fact, can I tell you a story about one of the rural women I met on this last trip? Mm -hmm. So I'm in Uganda in August, and I am sitting at a well-opening ceremony. So we, one of our other things we do is we do well projects as Mm -hmm. often as funds are available and as we see needs. And so we're at a well opening ceremony and this mama approaches me. Her name is Gladys Mm -hmm. and she's in her eighties and she approaches me and she hands me this hand woven basket and it has a beautiful chicken inside. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. And yeah. she gives me this gift, right? And it uh, this is an expensive gift from mm-hmm. this woman. Yeah. And as she approaches me, I realize that she has no shoes on. And a team member comes up to me and tells me that Gladys's last pair of shoes has broken. Mm-hmm. And she has no shoes. And so I look down at my own feet that are clad in flip-flops and it strikes me the amount of generosity Mm. I am experiencing in this moment. 
that Gladys would approach me and she would look at me and she would realize, number one, I have shoes on. Hmm. And not only she knows full well that not only do I have shoes, but that they're probably not my only pair. Yeah. Yeah. And that I not only do I have a bottle of water in my hand, but I have flown across the world to be there, Hmm. that I am staying at a hotel, right? Yeah. That I am to her in in all respects wealthy. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yet she would choose to sacrificially give me a gift. Hmm. That is a level of generosity that I don't even understand. Yeah. It is one thing for people to understand generosity that when Hmm. we often understand the, the kind of generosity that flows downward, right? Yeah. That we give to people who have less than us. Yeah? Yes. That is the kind of generosity we understand. Yeah. But I, it is a whole other level of generosity to understand giving sacrificially to someone who has more than us. Mm. Wow. What, what kind of heart do you have to have to yeah. do something like that? Yeah. Like, like in that moment, I looked at Gladys and I was like, I, I don't feel like I even understand the kind of level of generosity that you bear. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I get to that level of generosity? Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. That is a whole other level. And that is the kind of thing I learn from the moms in our program. Mm. And that is why something like an International Day of Rural Women exists. Yes. Because to celebrate someone, they have to be worthy of celebration, right? Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? You know, you know, you're like, oh, I want to celebrate this. Like, why am I celebrating this? There's, there's no reason to celebrate something that is not worth celebrating. Mm. And yet our... The moms in our program, I learned so much from that. I stand in just in humble awareness that I I just feel like unworthy that I even get to know them. Yeah, definitely. And to serve them. Yeah, I'm thinking. By the way, we did give her our shoes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought as much. I thought as much. But you know, that's, I thought not, that's not the point. But of that's the not story. no, but exactly, like just, exactly. Just so but, we don't move from there. Just, just so that you write in and think like, <laughs> Dear hey, Brandy, hey, hey, did we leave Gladys with no shoes? <laughs> yeah, what happened to Gladys' shoes? You yeah. know what? <laughs> I just, I just totally feel like so emotional about the story you just shared with me as well. And I just wanted want it to almost like you said, we have this International Day of a woman because there is something to celebrate here because they're worth celebrating and I want that to resonate with those who are listening to us today so we're going to take a really quick music break but I don't want you as the listener to go anywhere because Brandy is still going to be with me after this we just want you to just kind of meditate almost on and reflect on what was just shared that level of generosity 
And what does this story mean to you? This is not just a story. This is reality. This is these women's lives. What does it mean to you as you listen to this song right now? So we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because Brandy's still with me after this. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs, here on Voice of Change. I hope that you've been with me from the beginning of the show because I'm joined by Brandy Lee from Heal and Thrive Global. And we are celebrating the International Day of Rural Women. And of course, I think that if you have been with us the last half an hour, you will realize there is so much to celebrate. And Brandy, there was something that you mentioned that I was like, Right. I love this. It's the thought and it's the reality that when you go on a trip, like say you're going to visit the mamas of Heal and Thrive Global, or even if you go on a service trip, like some people call it or missionary trip, you know, oftentimes people go from developed nations or like, you know, specific kind of countries and they're like, oh, we're going to Africa or we're going to, you know, that place there and we're going to go and we're going to give, you know, and we just, we just have to have it all together because we're just going to go and we're just going to give we must just give everything but actually what happens and for those of us who have been you know doing these kind of things for very many years I know Brandy yourself and and me I've done this but a lot of people when I when I hear them they're like oh we're gonna go and we're gonna bless I'm like you're gonna come back change because you are actually receiving more than what you actually go to give you could be working like 10 hours a day there but actually your life is going to be radically transformed by the reality of life in such a special sacred way and that is why we have to celebrate the International Day of Rural Women. And Brandy, from your side, if there was something you could teach the listeners today, maybe that haven't been to Uganda or haven't been to West Africa or Kenya to go and actually be in the villages or you haven't been in these places, maybe you haven't even considered it. What would be your lesson? What would be your message from your heart that you would say to the listeners today to say, this is actually what rural women are. This is what they are like. This is what their lives are about. You know, it's kind of like lifting that veil up and going, actually, this is what I want to tell you about them. It's not the images that we just see in the media. You know, these these poor women just trying to gather this water out of this little stream because we see that a lot. And I think it's just so... It, it causes there to be a lack of dignity uh, for rural women that shouldn't just be the image that we have, but there is so much more to them. You know, what would you, what would you, what would you share with the listeners today? You know, you've been doing this for many years and you have met so many mamas and it's been incredible. I'm sure the journeys that you have walked, you know, what kind of would be that that reality that you would paint for people who haven't been to villages and haven't spent time with these incredible women? Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, so I have a tattoo on my right wrist and it is an ampersand. Mm -hmm. It is the symbol of and because I think that the and is what's missing so often that so often we think in really binary terms, right? Mm -hmm. We think that it is either or, mm -hmm. right? That it is either all about brokenness mm -hmm. or it has to be incredibly beautiful. And yeah. that there is no possibility that it can be both, mm -hmm. right? That it can be both and, and what I find, I love that you 
used a couple of terms in there that I love a lot. Mm -hmm. And one of those is about lifting the veil. And one Mm -hmm. of the things I say about our trips is that the veil is really thin there. (laughs) Yeah. The veil between the broken and the beautiful Mm -hmm. is really thin. And it's like they, they just coexist really closely Hmm. in fact i i'd love to tell a story and you mentioned the drinking out of dirty water Hmm. and i remember when i was in odakai village one day and my friends in odakai took me to see their dirty water and so i walked to this dirty water source and i love these moms so much Florence is the chairperson of that women's cooperative, and she's a dear friend of mine. I love Florence Hmm. dearly, and some of our child-headed households are from that village. Beatrice and Rhoda, who are daughters of my heart, live there, and so kids who have have made a place in my soul call Hmm. this village home. And so thinking that my friends and my children were drinking this dirty water, it broke me, Mm. right? When I'm dirty water source and I am, I'm seeing that cows are defecating in this water Mm. and it, it is milky and they're having to climb down in it. And yet they all get the water and they put it on their heads. we're, We're walking back to the village with clay pots full of water on our heads. And honestly, I am fighting with God. Yeah. Right? On the way back to this village. And I, the brokenness of the world is, it is like pressing upon me. Hmm. You guys, if you're listening, you know what this feels like, where it just feels like the yeah. brokenness of the world mm. is heavy. Mm. And I am thinking my, My girls drink this water. My friends drink this water. Like, why is the world like this? Why do I live in a place where I get clean water at the the touch of a hand, at the touch of a button, and yet my friends are drinking this dirty water and what can be done? And right, it's all I'm fighting with God. Yeah, I'm fighting tears because I'm surrounded by people, right? If I start sobbing in the middle of this walk, like I'm going to cause a scene, And in this moment, Florence starts to sing. Hmm. And she starts to sing about the hope that she has. And how she knew a woman who had no hope. And yet this woman knew Jesus. And now this woman has hope. And she knew this woman who had no hope. And she was so sad about this. But now she has hope. And she literally spends our entire walk singing about hope while carrying dirty water Mm. in a pot that is like seven times the size of the pot that's on my head because, of course, they knew I was a weakling. (laughs) Yeah. And I am just standing there (laughs) being taught this lesson on beauty (laughs) and hope and brokenness all at the same time while fighting tears, while Mm. learning about beauty and brokenness coexisting in one world Mm. and about gratitude all at the same time. Mm. And that is what I learn 
from rural women, that Florence can live in a village and can pray every day of her life for clean water and can choose hope, Hmm. can choose beauty, can choose to fight to make her world better. Florence is someone who chooses to fight for others and encourage others and rally the women of her village. And she fought to find people to take care of Beatrice and Rhoda and all sorts of other beauty in Odakai village, Hmm. all while drinking dirty water. Hmm. And, you know, since then we've um, been able to dig wells in Odakai so that they do have clean water. But it's like in that moment, I realized all of these things can coexist. Mm. Yeah. And I think so often in my own life, I get caught in binary thinking and thinking mm. like everything is so awful because I woke up with a headache or yeah. because my kids yeah. are struggling yeah. or because the line is long for carpool or mm. at the grocery store or in traffic or whatever it is. And yet... The moms in Uganda regularly teach me that in the midst of struggle, I can choose dancing and Mm -hmm. beauty Mm -hmm. and joy at the same time. Yeah. Mm, That both beauty and brokenness coexist Mm -hmm. if I choose to have the eyes to see it and I can choose to live in both. That one does to negate oh, the that. other. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and you know, Brandy, I just so love this because I know that it ministers deeply to my heart too. You know, uh, you know, even this here, losing loved ones, family members, you know, that pass away. And it, it is it is just a brokenness, like grief and mourning is just such yeah. a devastating brokenness that you carry inside yeah. your heart. And at the same time, there is there is that of there is a hope as well. There is a closeness that you feel of God. There is there is yes. all of those things, and yet you learn in those things that it's not one or the other. And sometimes, right. so much in the Christian walk and in the mm-hmm. Christian world, it's always faith or fear, or it's either right. sad or joy. <laughs> you know, it's like a, a you know or ah. this or that and I've never been that kind of person but that's probably because I was a trauma therapist for a number of years so you're used to carrying both you know you see pain and hope you see brokenness and you see hope like these things coexist because we are so complex as human beings God created us like that the capacity we have to carry both it should never be one over the other you know you can be deeply broken and still believing God, like just because you're yes. broken doesn't mean you gave up on Jesus. You know, it's like I'm broken because I am, you know, but Jesus sits with me in that brokenness and he's yes. with me there with me right in it. I don't have to choose him over my brokenness. I'm choosing him and this and we're together in it. And I think it's such a powerful lesson. And and if anything, it is 
it is a defining life lesson that you mm-hmm. are decanting to us today that you have learned that was decanted to you from these beautiful mamas, from these rural women who are themselves facing so much and also giving life and hope to others through the lives that they are living. And I think that this is so incredibly deeply soulful and it needs to be something that we hear and something that we live and receive and I I, I like literally cannot believe that we have to end our conversation Brandy because it has been such a blessing for me to spend this time with you and I'm sure so many people listening as well and I think that as I reflect on what we've been talking about there's lessons here that they can take for themselves even sitting in there you know on their seat somewhere like in the middle of their you know lounge or dining room like enjoying a coffee listening to us talking like god has made us in this place and it is it is beautiful and i want to say brandy thank you thank you so much and i also want you to be able to share you know if people want to continue to hear the journey there's ways that you can support the mamas even here from south africa and you know there are ways to hear about the trips and to see everything that brandy's doing how do people you know connect how do they do that on social media and find out everything that you guys are doing Yes, we would love to invite any of you to be a part of the journey with our moms, with empowering women and with believing. Our mantra is you are loved and you are worth loving. That's Mm. what we tell our moms. And that is what we work hard to believe that truth for Mm. us individually as well. Yeah. And so you can find us at healandthrive.global is our website and you can support a literacy center there and you can choose a a particular literacy center Mm -hmm. and then we do trips three times a year. So you can Mm -hmm. actually come on a trip and you would spend a whole day at your literacy center with the moms that you support. It's as little as $25 which is USD, so I don't actually know what that is. <laughs> uh, it's about it's about four hundred rand a month, which is not okay. bad. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, you can also find us on Facebook, so you can search Heal and Thrive Global or do facebook.com slash Heal and Thrive Global, and we're on Instagram too. Same thing, Instagram.com Heal and Thrive Global. And we would just love to invite you to be kind of a part of our family Mm. that we really believe in mutually transformative relationships. And so we don't think of it as somebody just pouring into the moms, but we want to pour into each other too, right? Yeah. Mm. Then we're all changed and we're all healed as a part of the process too. Hmm. And how cool would it be if a trip was a, a trip from South Africa with lots of different women came right. to be with you in Uganda? <laughs> that would be so yes. cool. That would be amazing. And the moms would love that. Uh, I know. That was so cool. That would be really, really cool. Well, the challenge is there. Go on over to the social media pages and follow and connect. And if you are wanting to go on a trip, 
you know, do reach out to Brandy, but also tell me about it. And you never know, maybe we can all go on the trip. Wouldn't it be absolutely amazing? Brandy, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, for being with me, for sharing so passionately and so from the heart, you know, exactly what you're doing, but also the stories of these incredible women today. We really do celebrate the rural women. We celebrate this international day. Maybe keep celebrating them even after today. And so Brandy, thank you so, so much. And And really God's blessings on you and the whole team, every single person who is working with Heal and Thrive Global. And of course, to the amazing moms, over 2,000 of them, all their kids and all the cows. Seriously, may God just (laughs) bless it all. We can't ever forget the cows, right? (laughs) Never, 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 never. Brandy, thank you so much. Thank you, Lauren. You know, this voice of change has been so special to me because not only have we been really reflecting on what this day means, as Brandy put it, and I love the way she said it, is that we celebrate these days, we celebrate something because it's special enough to celebrate. And so today I want to say thank you. Thank you so much to the women who are working with their families, who are doing the most for their communities, who are empowering the next generation, even though they may not and you may not have had it easy maybe you're someone that's listening in and going brandy i can so connect to what you're saying because that was my life you know i was the one drinking dirty water but i've decided that i'm going to make and i am making a new life for my children for other people's children and for my generation that comes after me and it's it's so powerful so many things that was said today is powerful and you know what I I also do encourage you to go and read books. If you want to work with women, you want to uplift them, women's co-ops are actually a big conversation all on its own. And it's a very important one. It's a powerful one. And I think it's one that we should continue to have and how we can do that even here in South Africa, the rest of Africa as well. And again, I want to say thank you to those who are working with organizations, nonprofits, uplifting other people's lives and to the rural women, to the farm workers, the farmers, to the women who are living in the villages and who are living throughout Africa, even in Asia, different countries, even in Ukraine right now, we see women who are rural women who are who are fighting and who are standing strong. I salute you all and I really just am so grateful that you are building a better life for those who come after you. It's been such a great show today. God's presence has been with us throughout. My heart feels uplifted and even, you know, kind of tender after this conversation and I hope you feel the same. May God bless you. May you enjoy the rest of this evening's lineup. TC up very, very soon with the Yellow Mic. Having a very interesting conversation this evening that you want to stick around for. And you know what? Just enjoy your evening. May God bless you. And until next week, take care and shalom. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.